Vulnerability Hangover. is a demo of my song, The Business of Show, that I made in the summer of 2020. I was deep in the writing of what became my 11th album, Kiss Off Kiss, though I didn't know it at the time. That summer, I was simply showing up for my weekly songwriting game and not getting too in the weeds about what I was writing. I remember the prompt was showered into order, which means I have no idea what. But as I wrote, I started to think about how it's so validating to receive applause. It does something to us. We stand up a little taller. A smile might part our lips. For me, it makes everything feel right and orderly. The song ended up being about the first moment I knew I had a crush on the person that Kiss Off Kiss is about. The moment when I realized that I was very excited, too excited, to see them after the show. I raced through my post-show business just so we could talk. That's usually how I know when there is someone I just can't stop talking to. As a side note, 
When I decided this song belonged on Kiss Off Kiss, I took out the awkward phrase, showered into order. I think it used to sit in the spot where the lyric now says, of a spotlight's glare on me. For every song on Kiss Off Kiss, I made a pretty complete demo where I play all the parts. It's just how I do things. It helps me see the big picture of the song, and eventually, the album. It's also lots of fun. When we went to the studio to make the record, we started by using the guitar, bass, and drum parts I had written on the demos, then changing or embellishing them as needed. I thought it would be fun for y'all to hear how the business of show changed in the studio. And, in a twist, if I remember correctly, because the demo and the studio final weren't in the same key and tempo, I think we used the demo vocals for the final. The end of September marks the one-year anniversary of Kiss Off Kiss's release. Starting last week on social media, I've been posting a few behind-the-scenes photos from the making of the album, the video shoots, and from the tour. It's been an interesting exercise to revisit the album and its release, bringing up feelings that have been buried for the last year. For many reasons, the fall of 2021 feels like a hundred lifetimes ago. There is, of course, the phenomenon of Pando time, which I think we all take for granted now. But remember, in the fall of 2021, we had yet to experience Omicron. We were still in the throes of Delta. The deadliest time of the pandemic still lay horrifyingly ahead. People were still wearing masks and still trying not to get COVID. How times have changed. Last week, when I flew home from my first week at the University of Chicago, I could count on one hand the people I saw wearing masks at Midway. Secondly, of course, Carl arrived in December of 2021 and completely changed my life. My exercise routine, my sleep schedule, my travel have all changed fundamentally because of my giant puppy. Fun fact, Carl and I have the same birthday, the exact same day, and in two weeks he will be one and I will be 45. The final reason that the release of Kiss Off Kiss feels so far away to me now is the most fundamental. I have truly left behind the mindset and hustle that are required to make a record, release it, and tour it. My artistic life has taken on a different shape. I'm working on a few long-form composition projects that may or may not ever see the light of day, by my choice. I've got a routine and regular production schedule around this newsletter podcast. And as I mentioned, I just finished my first week at Chicago, making a new experimental musical. To be in a room making theater with fantastic collaborators is a sublime pleasure, and vastly different than hauling your shit around in a van and hoping people come. It is vastly different from scraping out your insides, making them danceable, then hoping people will pay attention. This last bit is the part that feels most foreign now and was most painful a year ago the defining experience of releasing and touring Kiss Off Kiss, the vulnerability hangover. Whether you call it this or not, we're all familiar with the feeling. Maybe at a party, maybe at work, maybe with a friend. You drop your armor, you jettison strategic thinking, and you share something incredibly personal in an environment that may or may not be appropriate. The next day you wake up and you wonder, was that a mistake? Can I take back what I said? Have I taken something precious to me and made it less so? No matter how you answer any of those questions, you can't put the tree back up in the forest. Somebody heard it fall, and the vulnerability hangover strikes again. Hey, y'all. Popping in here to take our usual break. 
If you're enjoying what you're hearing, why not tell a friend? Sharing this podcast essay thingy with other folks is the best thing you can do to support it. Also, if you aren't already, please consider subscribing. Subscriptions start at just five bucks and are a simple way to continue to support my writing and music when I'm not on the road. We're coming up on a year of this Substack, hard to believe. So if you subscribed a year ago, I hope you'll consider re-upping for another year. Thank you for your support. Let me say immediately that sometimes these moments of vulnerability are profound and good for us, maybe even good for those around us. Sometimes, by being vulnerable, we cut through some bullshit that was holding us back. Sometimes, by being vulnerable, we help those around us to know us better, and vice versa. Sometimes, by being vulnerable, we foster connection. Or we prove to ourselves that the world isn't as scary a place as we imagined. We are brave. We are forthright. We are honest. And yet. And yet. You often see artists pitch their work as their most vulnerable yet, or that the artist has put their heart on their sleeve. Sometimes it's funny to me when people say this, as if it's unique or special. Isn't that what all art does? The very act of art is vulnerable, and if not the act, then certainly the showing of the art. But then I remember that I have found ways over the years to protect myself and shield my tenderest parts from being truly vulnerable in my art. This has been mostly self-preservation. In a public life, you cannot survive unless you hold something back for yourself. And as a singer-songwriter, people always assume your work is biographical. So over the years, I have had some fun playing with this expectation. Yet, when I wrote the songs for Kiss Off Kiss, we were in the first pandemic summer, with no blueprint for a way out. I was deeply enjoying the idea that I might never tour again. I wrote songs to please myself, with no thought to their audience. I was frank. I was petty. I was self-lacerating. I was specific. About a sexual relationship. Which I think for obvious reasons I have declined to address this clearly in my past art. A clever pun here, an obscure metaphor there. The tales were always there, but they were blurred. Not so with Kiss Off Kiss. In hindsight, a vulnerability hangover was inevitable. But of course, I couldn't see it at the time. When I decided to turn my summertime demos into an album, I was excited to work in a real studio again with a producer I had long wanted to collaborate with. We busied ourselves with amp sounds and drum parts and who would play what. I was focused on the technical demands of singing these songs, the musical challenge of creating backup parts and harmonies on the fly. I love that stuff. And it keeps me from feeling the feelings that I had when I wrote the songs. The full magnitude of my ignorance only came to face me when I had to start performing these songs live. For as heady as the studio is, being on stage is the exact opposite. You cannot be anywhere but there, and you have to deliver every note and every word with the intention you had when writing it. If you do not, everyone, including yourself, will feel the deadness and the drag. I never imagined performing these songs and who the audience would be these personal, explicit, very queer songs about my sex life. As it turned out, most of the time, these songs got played to rooms of people, fewer than everyone hoped, who weren't expecting this amount of forthrightness. I don't think you have to be queer to appreciate this record, 
but you might need to be ready to be uncomfortable. Regardless of all that, I was not ready to make you uncomfortable. I grew up in the same complicated culture as my audience. Sex, and queer sex for sure, are still sites of shame for people, including myself. Trying to be funny about something like sex and being met with silence is excruciating. It's no one's fault, really, but let me tell you, it was the mother of vulnerability hangovers, a big bell I rung that could not be unrung. As the magnitude of this struck me, with the release of the record imminent and a 30-date tour still ahead, I got pragmatic. I wrote a script that tied the songs together with humor and honesty about the vulnerability hangover. I made jokes. I warned the audience that they would be cussing. I tried to make them my co-conspirators in the awkwardness we were about to experience. Once I wrote this script, I did my show word for word the same every night. I'd never done this before, preferring to wing it or keep myself on my toes with a new set list. But performing Kiss Off Kiss as a script really helped me not to feel like such a raw nerve or object of bewilderment to my audience. I also started closing my eyes when I sang the Kiss Off Kiss songs, especially when the audience was minimal, as it often was. This was also something I had never done before, as it goes a bit against my personal ethos of being alert and connected and present on stage. But at some point, when eight people, or less, are staring at you as you try to sing about sex, you have to find a way, any way, through. These strategies, time, and plenty of shows eventually dulled my terror with performing these songs. By this past spring, I was even enjoying playing them and could appreciate their craft again. And, as I revisit the album this fall, I'm reminded how much I love this record how it sounds, what it says, who I am on it. It was who I was then, and I needed to share it. I also feel more than ever that my favorite way for you to engage with these songs is in these recorded versions, in all their sonic glory. That way, you can laugh with me, rock out with me, relate with me, connect with me about all the personal and uncomfortable things. And I don't have to be there.
that's it for this podcast newsletter episode thank you so much for listening don't forget to tell a friend kiss off kiss it's on all the platforms got some really fun stuff in the online store uh go out there and get it thanks y'all see you soon